0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello and welcome to episode six of trash talk with TK on an Eagles playoff week. Eagles getting set to host the Atlanta Falcons this weekend at the link for 30 on Saturday, and I couldn't be more excited. I'm sure you feel the exact same way. All Eagles fans out there have been waiting for this for four years, four years since the last Eagle playoff game, nine years since they have been in this round of the playoffs, and it's going to be a fun and entertaining game. We'll talk about that first. We'll also get in to the other wild card matchups this weekend and give out... Our dumpster fire of the week, but of course we do have to start with the Eagles-Falcons on Saturday afternoon, and we'll talk about keys to the game, what the Eagles need to do to secure victory. I will give you my prediction as to what will happen Saturday afternoon, and I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great for the fans, great for this city to, to see the Eagles back in the postseason. Yeah, we all wish Carson Wentz was out there. There's no doubt about that. And it's been tough to get over for me personally, you know, for somebody who you know, i I really started to think at a point this season. I believe it really came after the Eagles beat Dallas on Sunday night, getting to nine and one, and that that was really the point when I believed this team not only could go deep into the playoffs, and potentially reach a Super Bowl. But I really started to believe this team would win the Super Bowl this season. I really did. I I truly, in my heart, believed that because of Carson Wentz and the extraordinary things that he could do on the field and, and his mental capacity for the game as well that I think isn't, isn't appreciated enough. It's not just the physical stuff with Carson Wentz. It's also his... His understanding of the offense, his football IQ, his ability to read and decipher and attack defenses. And when he went out, it was crushing. It was a crushing blow to the fan base. It was a crushing blow to the team, to everybody. But now we've finally gotten to the point where we need to move on. And yeah, we've we've kind of moved on the past couple weeks. We've kind of looked at this team with Nick Foles and thought about how they could manage things and how they could put Nick Foles in good positions and potentially still make a run deep into the playoffs. But I still feel like in the back of everybody's mind, there was always that thought of what would it be with Carson. And now we've finally reached the point, being the week of a playoff game, where that does no good anymore. That does no good at this point. We need to move on. Understand that Nick Foles is the quarterback. And, you know, really just stop thinking about Carson Wentz. Because at this point, it does no good. This team is what it is right now. Nick Foles is the guy, and he's the guy who'll be taking all the snaps this postseason. I know people talk about Nate Sutfeld. It's totally ridiculous. Nick Foles is the quarterback. He will not get pulled. Nick Foles will be the guy. And this matchup coming up on Saturday, I believe is imminently winnable for the Eagles. I said it. I was on 94 WIP last Saturday night after the Falcons-Rams playoff game with the Falcons advanced. And I was happy with the result. I thought it was a good situation for the Eagles. I think this is one of the better possible matchups for the Eagles. I think this is a good matchup for Nick Foles. This Falcons defense, I think, sets up well as far as the Eagles' offensive attack goes. I think the Eagles can attack this defense and do some things against this defense. Number one, I think the Eagles should be able to run the ball and they need to run the ball. The Eagles ran for over 200 yards last season when they played Atlanta in Week 10, a 24-15 Eagle win. Rush for over 200 yards, and I think they can have success on the ground again. When you look at Atlanta's defense, they're very fast, but they're not the most physical defensive unit in the world. They don't have a ton of run stuffers. They, they have some talented defensive linemen. A lot of those guys' games are predicated on getting after the quarterback, rushing the passer. Their D-tackles inside Don Terry Poe and Grady Jarrett are good run defense players, but you can attack this defense on the edges. Their ends, you know, Vic Beasley, Adrian Claiborne, these guys are pass rush specialists. That's what they do best. Their strength is not defending the run. And I think the Eagles can have success running behind the tackles, running right behind Lane Johnson. On that side, the Falcons do have fast linebackers. And Deion Jones, who's one of the most underrated defensive players in the game, and Devondre Campbell, another... Um, linebacker who not a lot of people have heard of, but he's a pretty good player, plays pretty much every snap for Atlanta. But the Eagles should be able to do some things on the ground, especially attacking the edges. And where I think this really sets up nicely as a matchup for Nick Foles is in terms of how you can attack Atlanta in the passing game. Because when you look at this defense defending the pass, Atlanta's strengths in that regard are their two outside corners, Robert Alford and Desmond Trufant, two very talented corners on the outside. Even with Carson Wentz, I don't think the Eagles' game plan would have been to attack on the outside down the field, and that's not where Nick Foles is best. I think you're going to see a lot of utilizing the tight ends, utilizing Nelson Aguilar in the slot, working the middle of the field, throwing two backs out of the backfield, which is where Nick Foles can have success because he doesn't have that superior arm strength. He doesn't have the the type of arm strength that enables him to have a ton of success throwing down the field, making those hard throws to the sideline, to the outside, where you got to fire it on a rope. So in that regard, I really believe this is a good matchup for Nick Foles. You look at that game last year once again. Eagles leading receivers in that game. Jordan Matthews, six catches for 73 yards. Jordan Matthews a slot receiver. Worked the middle of the field. Zach Ertz, six catches, 55 yards. Working the middle of the field. That's where you can attack this Atlanta defense. And that's where Nick Foles can have success. And I think it's a good matchup for the Eagles offense. Now there are some concerns as well. I, I, I think... While I think the Eagles can run the football, if you're not able to run the football and you can't get that run game established early, it's going to be a really long day. Because that's what Atlanta wants to do. They want to make the Eagles one-dimensional. And this is where Doug Peterson comes into the equation in a big way. You know Atlanta is going to stack the box. You know they're going to play eight-man up. They're going to be playing man coverage. And they are going to say, we're going to make Nick Foles beat us. They don't want to get beaten by Jay Jay and LeGarrette Blount on the ground. They want to make Nick Foles beat them, and that, that will be their game plan. Their game plan will be, we are going to make Nick Foles beat us. And Nick Foles will need to make some plays, no doubt about that. But the Eagles must get that running game going to back that defense off a little bit. To kind of make them respect the passing game. And you can do that by maybe, you know, as I said, this won't be a big game plan as far as attacking down the field, but I would take some shots early. That's a way you can back that defense off. As far as keys to the game on the defensive side of the ball, same thing for the Eagles. They must stop the Falcons running game. Everybody talks about Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, the Falcons have weapons. They have weapons receiving, but it all starts at, at, at stopping the run. It all starts at stopping the run. This Falcons offense is not the same as they were last year. They were much more explosive last year. The loss of Kyle Shanahan as offensive coordinator, the transition to Steve Sarkeesian has not gone as well as they would hope. The explosive element that Atlanta had last year on the offensive side of the ball, in large part, isn't there anymore. But if they can run the ball and they can start working play action off the run, and the Eagles need to bring extra people up to help support in the running game, then again, it could be a long day. They'll start going down the field, and Julio Jones could start finding space. But the Eagles have a really good run defense. They need to stop the run, and I think in large part, they will stop the run in this game. I'm not that worried about the defense. I think the defense will play well. I think the defense will hold Atlanta to a respectable number of yards and, you know, won't let them score a ton of points. I have confidence in the defense. I just don't know about Nick Foles. And it's really tough to know what to expect from Nick Foles because he's so inconsistent. We've seen it over the course of his career. We've seen it this year. We saw him against the Giants. He looked great. Saw him against the Raiders and Cowboys. He looked awful. What can you expect out of Nick Foles? It's really tough. And no matter what, I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a really tight game. The Falcons do have one big advantage, in my opinion, that people haven't talked about enough this week that scares me, and it's their kicker. Matt Bryant, the guy, does not miss. Jake Elliott, I think, is solid, but he's shown the propensity to miss some easy kicks, extra points, short field goals. So that's an advantage where I think Atlanta has on the special teams. If they get inside the 35, they're getting points. Because Matt Bryan does not miss. And I've been waffling back and forth on this game all week. i got to tell you. Right after the Falcons game, I felt confident that the Eagles are going to win this game. Then I started to question it in the next couple days. And I've gone back and forth all week. In the end, I think this is going to end up being a really tight game. I don't think either team will win by more than a touchdown. I think it probably is decided by a field goal. And I got to give you my honest prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I could certainly see the Eagles winning this game. I don't think it's unthinkable. I think it's honestly a coin flip game. But my honest prediction is Falcons 20-17. to And I know a lot of people won't like that. A lot of people will think I'm negative. But it's my honest opinion. That's all I'm giving you here. And I think it's going to be a situation where Atlanta's up three points late, and it is going to be incumbent on Nick Foles to take the Eagles down the field. And whether he can do it or not remains to be seen, but I do think the Eagles can do things against that defense. I just don't have enough confidence based on what I've seen from Nick Foles, to feel like he's going to win this game. Enough to make me pick the Eagles in this game, I guess is the way I'll phrase it. He certainly could win this game. The Eagles certainly could win this game. But my prediction, Falcons 20, Eagles 17. My keys to the game, as I said, run the ball, stop the run, work the middle of the field, and obviously... No turnovers. The Eagles cannot turn the ball over or they will lose. They must win the turnover battle. And hopefully they come out with a victory and I look like an idiot. But my prediction, my honest prediction, because that's what I owe it to you to give you here on Trash Talk with TK, Falcons 20, Eagles 17. And now before we get to our dumpster fire of the week, I want to quickly go through some of the other games this weekend. First in the AFC, Titans at Patriots and... I mean, I think this game's going to be a total blowout. I can't, I still can't believe the Titans are even in the playoffs. They are one of the worst playoff teams I've ever seen. I, what a collapse from Andy Reid last week. I I just I I have no words. I have no words for Andy Reid and his playoff just blunders. Kareem Hunt after the 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 Chiefs led that game twenty one to three. In the last 48 minutes of the game, Kareem Hunt had five carries. The leading rusher in the NFL, how is that even possible, Andy? I mean, come on, what are you doing? Chiefs totally gave that game away, and it's a shame because if the Chiefs match up much better with New England, I think they could have given New England a much better game than Tennessee will. Tennessee will not be competitive in that game. They will not be able to stop Tom Brady and New England's offense. They, they won't be able to cover Gronk. They won't be able to cover Cooks. And I see the, I see the Patriots winning that game handily. I don't think Tennessee will be able to do anything offensively. I see it as a total blowout. I, I have the final, I have a final of Patriots twenty-seven, Titans thirteen. And honestly, I don't even think it'll be that close. That's one of those games where I think you know New England could be up twenty-seven to three, and then the Titans get some garbage points late. But I just don't see any way the Titans are 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 competitive in that game, especially in Foxborough against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Just don't see it happen. The other AFC game, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh, and I've seen a few people actually predicting Jacksonville to win this game. I know the Jaguars have a very good defense. I know they beat the the Steelers by three touchdowns earlier this season, but this is different. Playoffs are different. The Steelers are a different team. The Steelers are a are a you know a, a playoff-hardened team, veteran team, at home. Steelers aren't losing this game. Steelers aren't losing this game to the Jaguars and the worst quarterback to ever play in the divisional round of the playoffs in Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is god-awful, and he will be out of Jacksonville next year. I guarantee you that. The Jaguars will have a new starter, whether it's Kirk Cousins, who they should go after, whether it's Alex Smith, who they should try to trade for. The Jaguars will have a new quarterback next year. It will not be Blake Bortles. And if it is, shame on Tom Coughlin and that organization. You can't come back with Blake Bortles again. That would be absolutely ridiculous. He's got off that, 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 Jaguar, St- uh, that Jaguar Bill playoff game last week was atrocious football, atrocious offensive football. I actually didn't mind it that much because I do like to watch defense. I like to watch good defenses really go at it, even though that game was less about the the good defense and more about just pathetic offense. I mean, neither of those teams could do anything offensively. It was brutal. It was brutal to watch. But the Jaguars move on. They play the Steelers this week. Steelers win that game. I'm going to say 20-6. to 6. Jaguars defense, you know, they, they don't give up a ton of points, so I don't think um, Pittsburgh will totally go off. They're expected to get Antonio Brown back. I don't think they'll go off, but I think they'll get to the 20 points, and I don't think the Jaguars will score 10. I don't think Jaguars will score a touchdown in this game. As I said, the Steelers are a veteran team. They are not losing to Blake Bortles. I don't even think they're giving up a touchdown to Blake Bortles. Steelers, Patriots, In the AFC Championship game, you can take that to the bank right now. And in the other NFC game, which I think is honestly, as an objective football fan, the best game of the weekend, is the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. And I am so looking forward to this game, especially if the Eagles win on Saturday. Then, my goodness, this game would be so much fun to watch. If we're watching it to see who is the Eagles' opponent in the NFC title game, Sunday afternoon, the last game of the weekend, Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints. Such contrasting styles. New Orleans with the big-time offense, the great running game with Kamara and Ingram. Drew Brees with an outstanding performance last week in the Saints' win over Carolina. Going up against just a smothering defense in Minnesota, Vic- in the Minnesota Vikings, led by Mike Zimmer, who's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. It's such a great matchup. It's just so intriguing. And the question is, you know, a lot as it is with the Eagles this week. And can you trust Nick Foles? Can you trust Case Keenum? I know Case Keenum has played pretty much all year. He's played very well. But can you trust Case Keenum in a playoff game? Can you trust him to do enough, even at home, in a playoff game to beat a team like the New Orleans Saints? And it's going to... I just, this is another game just like the Eagles-Falcons game where I really have trouble going either way. And I'm already regretting picking the Falcons. I'm already regretting doing that. But I, 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 this game is another one where I really have trouble picking. I'm going to say the same score as Eagles-Falcons. I'm going to say 20-17, to and I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. That defense is just so good. I've watched them play a lot this year, and that defense is so good against the run so good against the... Pa- I mean, they do everything well. They get after the passer. They do everything well. They don't have any weaknesses. And I think New Orleans is a great challenge for them. It's going to be a hell of a game. But I think Case Keenum can do enough offensively. They have great weapons on the outside. Underrated receivers in Diggs and Thielen. Solid tight end in Kyle Rudolph. Good running game. Especially playing at home. I like the Minnesota Vikings to beat the New Orleans Saints 20-17 to in the late game on Sunday. And in my scenario, I'd have Falcons and Vikings in the NFC Championship game. And I still, I already hate myself for picking the Falcons. And they are my picks for the divisional round of the playoffs this week in the NFL. And now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, our favorite segment, the dumpster fire of the week. For this week's dumpster Fire of the Week, it really kills me, but uh, we got to go close to home here, and we got to travel up the North Broad Street, and look at something I know a lot of people don't care about. It's not something that gets talked about much on the radio. You kind of got to do it on a podcast, because not enough people care to talk about it on the radio, but I got to talk about Temple Basketball a little bit, and the sad state that this program has fallen into, this once-proud program that has just fallen in to this state of perpetual mediocrity a state that they have become totally content and okay with and it's really sad because John Cheney built up this temple program to great heights back in back in the 80s and the 90s early 2000s you know John Cheney did an unbelievable job taking this little school you know in north philadelphia and, and making them a respected program nationally. And they have fallen so far since John Chaney left. And I'll, I'll admit it, I was a kid when John Chaney left. I was going into my sophomore year at Temple. I am a Temple alum. When Fran Dumphy took over, and I was all on board. I was totally supportive of the hire. I thought it was a good move bringing Fran Dumphy from Penn. It was the logical next step for him. It was... You know, a logical choice for a guy to succeed John Cheney and kind of keep the program moving in the right direction. But as time has gone on and as this program has just fallen precipitously over the last 11 years, it is long past time for Fran Dunphy to go. And I know nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to talk about Fran Dunphy and his failures as Temple basketball head coach, because he's a nice guy, and I get that, and he's everybody's friend, and I totally understand. But Fran Dunphy has not gotten the job done, and I'm not saying I expect Temple to be ranked in the top ten, top twenty every year. That's not that's not realistic. They're not going to get the best recruits in the city. They're always going to go to Nova, or you know, they're going to get recruited by bigger programs. I get that, but just look at the numbers. Look at the look at the statistics. And it shows you that Fran Dunphy has been a failure. He has failed as head coach at Temple University. In 11 years. 11 years. Which is way longer than most coaches get to do anything if they're not successful. 11 years Fran Dunphy's been at Temple. You know how many NCAA tournament wins Fran Dunphy has in those 11 years? Two. Two tournament wins victories in 11 seasons as head coach on North Broad Street. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. I don't care uh, uh, about, you know, the fact they've changed conferences, the fact that they, you know, whatever excuse you want to make, I don't care. It's not good enough. You see little schools, mid-majors, winning multiple tournament games a year. Temple has not been to a Sweet 16 since Dumphy took over. LaSalle's been to a Sweet 16. You can't tell me Temple doesn't have every advantage over a school like LaSalle. Temple should never be outperformed by LaSalle. Temple should not be a a just forgotten entity nationally, which is what they become. Not after what John Chaney made them. Not after what John Chaney built at that program to see Fran Dunphy squander it. And that athletic department just accept it. Just accept mediocrity and not try to make a change for the betterment of the program. Temple alumni deserve more. The fans deserve more. The students deserve more. The student-athletes deserve more. And I understand Fran Dunphy's a good guy. I get it. And I get his players love him and all that kind of stuff. But when you're in college sports, you're in the program, you're in the business of winning. This isn't high school. This isn't, you know... If the players love you and the boosters love you, and you, you can stay there forever. This isn't that. This is college sports. You need to win. You need to have some tangible results. And I know I'm getting really worked up about this, and it is something a lot of people don't care about unless you went to Temple, and I know a lot of people at Temple don't even care this much about it. But I really like that basketball team. I really love that program. I really came to care about it when I was there, and it hurts me to see just the depths that that program has fallen into. And a lot of it is just because Fran Dunphy's not a good enough coach. I'm sorry. Nobody wants to say it. I'll say it right now. He's not a good enough coach. He's not a good enough recruiter. And if that program truly wants to get back to where they once were and truly cares about winning, they will make a change. And with that, unfortunately, Temple basketball is our dumpster fire of the week. That'll do it for, for Episode 6 of Trash Talk with TK. We'll be back next week to recap the Eagles-Falcons playoff game. Again, don't hate me. I picked the Falcons 20-17. to Just my true feelings on it. I could see this game going either way, though. I've struggled with this decision all week. Honestly, I'm still struggling with this decision. Today's Thursday. I'm recording the podcast. I might change my mind tomorrow. I could certainly see the Eagles winning this game. There's no doubt they have a chance. I think they match up well. In the end, I just think that the Falcons will will get it done. You know, their their edge kicker, their edge quarterback are are two real big factors in this game. So I'm going Falcons 20 to 17. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully when we recap it next week, I can tell you I'm an idiot. And if you want to tell me I'm an idiot after the Eagles win, you can do so. Saturday night into Sunday morning on 94wIP, I'll be hosting from 2 to 6 a.m following the Eagles Falcons playoff game. Hopefully we are recapping a Big Eagles win and looking forward to an NFC championship game at the link the following Sunday. I'm Tom Kelly. This has been trash Talk with TK. We'll talk to you again next week. See ya.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.